Hello, love. Welcome to Floating on a Cloud podcast. It is the feeling you get when you are connected to your divine guidance. Sarah Sparks interviews guests to share their story on how listening to their divine guidance positively changed their life for good. Let's make listening to your divine guidance an everyday occurrence. Hello, loves. Welcome back to Floating on a Cloud podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Sparks. And today we get to get to know and have a conversation with Lorelai Shimayo. She is a people and relationship scientist and an intuitive artist with certifications and training in science, somatic psychotherapy, personality archetypes, body intelligence, intuition, coaching, and leadership. Lorelai, um, uh, applies her intuitive eye readings. That's the part that always I just am fascinated with, which we talked briefly when we had our get to know you chat. Body um, psychology coaching um, to identify your life purpose, aligning your career path, hiring great employees, synergizing relationships, romantic matchmaking, and conscious online dating. Lorelai also produces in-person and online me, we metaphysics and wellness events for energizing body, mind, heart, and soul. You can learn more about her and her offerings on her website, which we'll also share at the end. It's lorelaishamayo.com. And that'll also be in the description of this, but we'll also include that at the end of our conversation. Now let's get to know you, girlfriend. How are you? Hello. Hey, Sarah. Good. Thank you so much for being on and chatting with me and all of us and sharing your story. So tell me a bit about a time that you weren't necessarily listening to your divine guidance, or maybe that's an assumption. Maybe you've always listened is what's the case for you. Hmm. Well, here's an example of where I was not listening. So I think a lot of us, when we're younger, we can see times that we were not listening. And I clearly was not listening when I was younger. I, so I do intuitive eye readings now. And I remember when I was a teenager, I remember where I was in the building at high school and somehow looking out at a group of people And I remember just thinking about how, like, there's so much more in people than can be explained with biology. I was already studying science and thinking about being a scientist and like, just felt like there was so much more, like, it wasn't just going to be DNA. It wasn't just going to be genetics and it wasn't just nature. I couldn't figure it out. And I remember looking at people's eyes and thinking, oh, there's just so much more. Like I feel so much more about people. And that was a big clue for me, for the universe. And I wasn't listening. Right? I, I could have gotten my past so much sooner than I did, which I didn't until like much, much later. And um, instead I did what was safe, you know, and like what the people around me thought it would be good for me to do. And mm-hmm. all right, a whole journey. It you is. Know? And we can't go back and say coulda, woulda, shoulda, all, all those fun things, but I feel you. I mean, I, I, I had a dream and that I had where I was supposed to be living, what I was supposed to be doing, who I was supposed to be with. I mean, it was detailed I felt it and I just kept ignoring it because people would think I was crazy and that's not the typical path and I need to go to college I need to get a job I need to be living you know here and doing the things and instead of really being me and so I I get it and a lot of the people that I connect with also feel that same way excuse me so excuse me so what happened how did it feel like for you when you weren't listening versus when you do? What is that 
what's the difference? How, how can you express to people the importance of listening? Yeah, well, I, I think that I think that life energy sort of flows through us if we allow it to flow through us. And for me, it's got more of that direction to it, like it's flowing upwards through my body. And, and this is part of why I think vocal expression is so important for people. It's part of allowing us to be open and flowing. And I think feelings too. I mean, they move around in our bodies in different ways, but the flowing. So for me, like I think back to then, those moments, the, the moments when I was, you know, I still like, right, I can feel this and see myself. The moment, like the magic of me noticing and wondering this and, and the feeling this, you know, or the message coming through about this, in that moment, I have an openness. And then what I imagine right now, based on how I experience it in my life now, when I'm not listening, I choke, like literally I cut my energy down, I tighten and I, I, I am not allowing things to flow through me and I'm, I'm just holding in and not allowing whatever the impulse is. I tighten all through my body now as I right, as I feel this and imagine this. So for me, I very much have like, um, I look use a model of four types of fear. So the fear freeze, I definitely do a freeze and a tighten. So that's really the biggest way that I tend to block when the mm -hmm. messages are coming through and I, I don't wanna be with them. Mm -hmm. And I feel scared of whatever's here. Mm -hmm. So I just, and it's the same thing. I just had this in the last you know couple of weeks. I can think of examples of when I felt scared and I block and, and I know what, what I need to do, what needs to happen, or at least I know what direction to move in. And I scare myself and I, I don't listen and I don't follow. It's interesting how our bodies are always talking to us. Before I would tune in and share the messages, I was always receiving because that's what I'm here to do. My stomach would hurt all the time. And anybody who ever was with me in grade school, high school, college, all that, when I wasn't tuning in, would know that I would have to go and lay down and my stomach was always hurting. And it was usually when I'm around people. So I'm receiving messages to share with them. And when I was not knowing that, I would just bottle it up and keep it in my tummy. And it was always like, oh, I have to change up the way I'm eating or whatnot. And now I remember I was on the airplane going from Florida to go visit my family. And I was pregnant with my first child. And while on the plane, all of a sudden my back just like seized up and tied up, kind of like what you're talking about, like with, with the freezing and like tightening up. And I was like, what in the world is this? And I had a message that I had to share with my sister who we were going to, to go see. And I was like, how in the world am I going to deliver this message? Like, I don't even know if my family knows that I do this. <laughs> like yeah. I do this very privately with clients after I know them for a while, not just not like now, you know, getting up on Facebook or whatever and channeling openly. I was not at that point. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And as soon as I made the time to give her the message. And it was a very moving message. She cried. Like I had to like actually do like a little healing with her. And as soon as that was done, all the pain in my back just dissipated. So I, I feel like uh, we can all pay attention to how our bodies are reacting. It's not. So another question. So then do you receive through those, through those feelings, or do you, do you hear, or do you see, or uh, is, or do you use a combination of all the senses? Right, right. How do I, 
my, I think my primary way of knowing is claircognizance. So I have a knowing just sort of show up in my mind. And that I think the same thing, like I was looking at these people and this, like, I know that there's something else there, like I can feel it. So feeling is really my second way. Mm-hmm. So I have like a feeling sense, kind of feeling emotional sense or an in my body feeling kind of somatic, mm-hmm. um, like sentient kind of sense. Yeah. Sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are my primary ways. I think they still are. Um, I'm realizing there are other bits of things that I do too. So like when I, like I was a scientist, I'm really good at pattern recognition also. So details and pattern recognition. So I essentially have memorized, integrated in me, like all these different kinds of ways that people show up, all these patterns. And so when I look at someone, I just immediately bang, like I know what's, what's so, at least I have ideas about what's so. And I don't know at this point how much it's science and pattern recognition and how much is more the intuition of the claircognizance. And it's going to be some mixture, I think. But then when I'm in the next few moments that I'm with someone, I'm sort of feeling in, in a way to the combination of all these elements of who they are. And I feel a bit into history and it's almost as if I, um, I know sometimes I have a physical sense of like my feeling into them. And then I also it's very vague, so I've never really thought of it as clairvoyance, but I think that I'm, I'm kind of like imagining, imagining like a video, but it's very blurry of the feeling experience of what it was like being them. So somehow it's, a, it's somewhat visual and it's feeling where I can imagine their earlier experience and what it was like interacting with other people. When I look at people, I can sense a bit too of what their childhood was like and the other people they were around. Mm-hmm. So somehow my mind or the information coming in is making up kind of the scenario of what it was like, but it, particularly the feeling of what it's like that I really pick up on. Do you, are you receiving that information all the time or do you now know when to allow it in and when to live your own life? Because that's something that I had to learn. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm uh, right. We all have these different experiences. I, Oh gosh. I mean, I am more scientific in general, like when I look at your eyes and my eyes, right? So I have a little bit more of that approach in general, like my my soul on this pathway. And I, I'm not as naturally attuned to feelings, emotions, which is really the way I pick up so many things about people. So part of the pathway I've been on, like is either it's not exactly been my way and, or I had so much trauma, right? I shut everything down. So a combination of all that. And I clearly was, huh, part of the craziness in my family, I clearly was picking up a lot. And I think my recognizing the patterns of all of what was happening, kind of noticing the feelings in a very subtle way and picking it up allowed me to protect myself. But other people, I I think I've had just, again, my energy, like I seem to have like a really clear shield and a wall and a really deep sense of myself and uh, just a belief that I was able to have a boundary and like not let them in. So I think it it also in some ways served me and didn't help me in that I can have a really clear boundary of not letting things in that might want to come in. So I think I spent a lot of my life though in that braced tight, like not let anything in place. So I didn't have the experience, right? That some people do of like so much shows up. (laughs) Yeah. And mine were, I think mine were bigger and less frequent. So I remember in college when um, I'd have like a sudden knowing about, um, something we do that's really bad for our bodies that might cause cancer. And I don't know why, like it just bang, like, I just know this. So I changed my personal behavior. And then, you know, 20 years later, science demonstrates that this thing happens. 
Or when grad school, I just had this knowing all of a sudden, like that I bet brains work this way. Like this is part of how brains form. And again, like 10 years later, that science demonstrates that that's how things happen. So I don't have them often and then just bang, like all of a sudden. <laughs> that is so interesting. And I still to this day, am not quite even sure what the answer to my question was. But when I was younger, I was noticing a lot of people having twins. Um, and I was like, I know that people are also having um, uh, uh, infertility treatments and that sort of thing. I was like, but I feel like our hormones are changing. I, I feel like what we're eating is affecting our hormones and we're producing more eggs at a time to create that. And I still... I've never like, but is that, since you are a scientist, do you, or like in, in maybe, do you have knowledge of that? Like, could, could you answer my question? Is this, a, is this like an actual thing like that's happening or right. and, is and it I still think like a, like, is it still like a infertility thing and people are doing it that way? Yeah. I mean, I don't know, but I just, it was like an observation and it was like, uh, it, it was just like something that came to me. Mm -hmm. And I just was like, oh, that's so interesting. I should probably do some research. I would love to be in, in a lab. It's <laughs> great. I, I want to mention, <laughs> I want to mention too, you just did a great body psychology thing just as you were telling that too. So I want to answer your question that way I know. And then you were telling it and you were telling it as just in the moment, like back then when you first right, had this awareness and you keep touching yourself right there. Oh. So the thing that you did is you put your hand right here. And this is one of the ways that we demonstrate that we're blocking ourselves. Oh, really? Right. So again, I think this flows through our bodies. And yeah. often when someone is to me, when they're thinking, feeling something that they don't want to express, they touch here or touch here. We think it's just oh, an itch. My nose. So and those, it's a block. You're just listening there. I was touching the underneath part of my nose and I didn't even know that it just, it like started itching. And so I just did it. I didn't even think. Right. That. And this is where our body sends us signals all the time to attempt to get us to listen to the messages that are here. Mm. And you were thinking back to a time when you had a thought that you wanted to keep in that you didn't want to share out loud, then you touch yourself in that part of your body now, right now, as you tell the story, that's about blocking, <laughs> oh keeping God, it in. Crazy. And so I just love how we're so congruent. And so I interview people also for, um, I help hire people. And this is part of what I do during interviews. I watch to see if what people are telling me is congruent with their body language to see if, you know, right. I'm feeling into and just sensing whether they're telling the truth. So it's great for me when someone's telling a story like that, that they really didn't want to share and they're touching themselves there. I'm like, all right, there's like, it's everything's aligned. This is great. I'm going to really tease and you just, I would make you paranoid. You just touched your head in a spot that's connected to creativity, <laughs> right? So you're just probably having ideas about what we're talking about. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and it's also answering my question of you're always tuned in. Like you <laughs> So, so I asked you, you're, all, you're like, I have this wall up and, and I was like, I, I used feel to, like yeah. she's always tuned in. That's right. Okay. Yeah. There's so many questions here. So the thing is, so, so I, I'm in some ways I'm tuned in all the time. And then there are other ways that I'm kind of, I could like a numb and I'm paying attention. When I first was starting to learn to read people, I was like hyper on and like trying to notice everything all the time. I couldn't stop thinking about it and talking about it. And and then I kind of calmed down and like, okay, sometimes I'm on and sometimes I'm off, but it's this flowing like awareness. It just feels like it's whatever's of service in the yeah. moment, like for me and others. And I want to go back to your science question too. Yeah, so I don't sure. literally know the answer. And <laughs> uh, right, I'm not, I haven't been in science really for so long. 
and yeah, I think the things that we eat and the way we grow the things that we eat and the way we transport the things we eat, all of that is so affecting the environmental chemicals that it, it, I think that's part of why um, girls generally um, go have puberty happen so much earlier. So I'm sure you're right. It's got to be impacting like the number of eggs that we have that we shed. And yeah, I, just, I, I definitely think so. Yeah, it just was something that I was always curious about. And yeah, and I've, I've never done any research or anything on it. And yeah. I've never really talked about it, obviously, because I still, <laughs> that's so awesome. I love this. Um, so back to divine guidance. <laughs> divine guidance takes us everywhere. It does. I love the convert. Well, and as you were talking about, you know, going back to times when I didn't want to share it, it just, it, it brought up an emotion of, and hang on just a second. When you were mentioning about you know, being down the hallway and, and looking and seeing uh, at, at people and really seeing them and, and knowing things. And yet something inside you was telling you just don't, you know, don't, don't do that or don't say that or, or take this, take this more traditional route. And when I was thinking about back to when I was having those thoughts about, you know, just that knowing that, that, that coming in about something scientific that I was like, I probably have no idea anything about this. It's those moments that we deny our true self that I feel like our divine guidance is like, well, she's not quite ready. All right. Yeah. And, and what for me that happened, I did it over and over and I kept denying who I really was over and over and over to the point that my emotions that came up were um, depression, anger, hatred, mm. frustration, guilt, shame, and um, it's us stepping into our true self and honoring that is what I, I feel sets our divine guidance free and gives us permission to tap into who we really are. Yes. Um, so how can you tell the difference between a thought that you're just thinking and this knowing that, that comes uh, in? Well, there's definitely a, um, I, my thinking is slower. My thinking is more like linked and methodical, like this to this, to this, to this, to this, more logical. And the knowing is has more of just the like pop bang. It's just right there for me. And when I'm reading someone, it's a tricky because I can get myself caught up in my thinking and not working with more my intuitive knowing, right? I have a Right, something's there, something shows up, and then I start to think about it, and I can mix myself up and confuse myself, and I lose track with, with, with allowing those messages in, or noticing them, or trusting myself. You know, they all kind of mean the same thing for me, of allowing that divine guidance, mm -hmm. divine knowing to be here. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I, I learned, right, I, I initially learned how to read people through my thinking, and through my scientific part, sort of. Like, you say, I I think that we all read people all the time. I mean, particularly eyes, like we have the phrase eyes are a window to the soul. So I think we, we all pick this stuff up and, uh, but I write in, I, I did that intuitively subconsciously the way everybody does, but then I learned this very specific method for how to do it. That was my, my thinking helped me get there. And then I had to turn off enough of my thinking to really see people well, sort of using the same structure, but 
allowing my my divine guidance or my knowing to kind of play with this and link up and dance together. Have you have you found that when you reveal this to people that you can do this, that they may energetically shut down or they become fearful of being truly seen for who they are? I, I, I guess the answer is yes. Some people would, some people do. And I've been able to create my life where I'm mostly around people that are excited and curious and want to know. Yeah. I, I think when we are tuning into our divine guidance and we start sharing those messages, it was something, it was an art that I had to find. And, and I had to have structure around how I share those messages that way people would be willing to and open to receive that. But I've also found those who are close to me who still may not want to receive my gifts or, or, or messages, um, they have shared with me, it freaks me out that you can really see me. And so you really have like the mindfulness, the, the, the thought process, the scientific process, the intuitive process to really see somebody. So I was just curious to know if somebody had ever shared that with you, or if you felt that way, you know? Right. Well, if we go backwards to when I was first opening and allowing more of this to come through me and right express, oh yeah, I certainly had lots of people around me that were not interested. And, and, and I was going through a phase where I was, you know, like obsessing about this. Right. So it turned out, I read years later or what it was, but it was a book. Well, so it's the work that I do comes from a couple of different sources. And one of them is from like the late 1800s, early 1900s. And uh, a book by uh, someone else in the space at the time, but it wasn't writing about specifically the work I'm doing, said that well, it wasn't specifically her work, said something like in order to become an expert at this, one has to like devote their entire life to it. And for many years, it felt like I'm devoting my entire life to it. And so reading that years later, I had to like, oh, that's part of what was going on. Like I really had to do it this way. So for the people that had been around me in my life where all of a sudden I was doing this thing and it was everywhere around me, I definitely lost friends. I mean, I think very specifically back, I was also learning to listen to myself and speak my mind about lots of things. And oh yeah. So I, I had to go through a shedding and a clearing and part of my move to the Northwest was moving away from the people that had known me before that weren't as open to what I was doing and finding a whole new set of people and me giving myself permission to recreate myself in a whole new way. Because I didn't, I mean, there was, and I went through a couple of stages. I started sharing this work as assessments in a more scientific-ish way in the beginning. <laughs> and then I had a colleague elbow me and like, you know, you're doing this thing called claircognizance. You need to go figure this out. And it was when I was about to move that she did that. And I think it's because I was moving. She had like, this is her opening. This is her chance. And so it was right after I moved to the Northwest that I started like, oh, I got to explore this. I was so scared, right? So this is again, like divine guidance is like, in this case, it was going to make me sick if I didn't do it. I fortunately didn't have as much of that happening, but like, I just, I felt this pushing through me and I felt so scared and I went and it's like been amazing how the openings that this has created for me. But yeah, I had to, I, for me, had to move away in order to let myself really expand. Mm -hmm. I hear you on that one. <laughs> I have moved a couple of different times. I moved to Florida. Yeah. Um, and that's where I woke up, but I just felt like I had to, and I left behind, or I left my, my family and uh, everything that I knew and um, yeah. all friends and everything. And, but it was something like, it was literally, I was standing 
on top of a restaurant rooftop and I was overlooking the Gulf of Mexico and I heard this is now your home and I was like okay I need to make this my home and it was several months later that that happened because there were things that I needed to finish up where I was and then we were guided to move back to my my home state area and two years into that we were told to move here to South Carolina so I just yeah and it, it feels it feels good and spirit hasn't said for us to go anywhere so we're we're here so I I get that um I yeah, say too this yeah, yeah. this makes me think of a, a recent thing because this is still present in my life in some ways yeah. there's someone in my life that oh someone that I knew long ago during this time and we're both a little quirky mm -hmm. so we're both quirky in some different ways and kind of lost track of each other over all these years and something opened this last year that had me think of that person again and we reconnected and so the person is present in my life in some ways now and the person's not as fully open and receptive to what i do and what i see about them as i would love and i haven't uh, they're still in my life and i have a weird i have that weird tension and so it's particularly yeah my belly at the moment while we're talking but along my spine um part of me uh, i feel like there's some guidance that i'm not listening to that has to do with getaway however i am scared to mm. this is where the mixture of all these things right so all this yeah. thinking is in the way yeah. but then also i have the um like the repulsive get away from which i find to not be healthy for me too mm -hmm. like if i can get to that 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 knowing place where it is guidance and I'm in flow with it and can listen to it, that's better for me. If I push this person away in a reactive space, like my own lessons, my own projection, you now I could make up the story that I'm just gonna bring it in again somewhere else because I haven't learned this lesson. And when something's really bad, I think it's good to cut it off. And, and it's, uh, it's a mixture of good and bad and my lessons are in here. And I know that, uh, Right, my, I, I, I also like, I don't want to be arrogant. Like, what if I'm not right? What if I'm not seeing clearly mm -hmm. about this person? Yeah, so it's so, an, that's an example of recently, right? It's us yeah. all still here, these lessons. For sure. I am the type of person that I am very directed to the point. Like when spirit's trying to give me a parable, I'm like, just tell it to me straight. Like this is, and I'm very yes no right wrong there's i don't have a lot of gray space like it's <laughs> it is it is very clear on what path i craig my husband gives me a hard time and is like you are fresh produce because you're either juicy and delicious or it's like rotten and you're like done with it. like it's there's no like <laughs> it's like an avocado there's like a day that it's good you know? And he doesn't mean it in the negative way. It's just because I'm so like, yes, no. So when it comes to like letting people go or like releasing certain situations in my mind, I'm saying this is done. I like, I will never speak to you again. And I, you know, well, some people have ex partners, ex um, girlfriend, boyfriends, you know, whatever lovers that they keep around for whatever reason for help with the plumbing or 
a good and you can take that in any sort of way whether it be sexual yeah. or actual physical whatever i don't care um but i am more of a when i'm done i'm done so peace out we're going we're like we're we're good and so when i when i get those moments of okay we need to release spirit has helped me this past year to see that there are emotional attachments that i can detach from and that's the releasing portion. And then this energy is what's healing mm. in the relationship. And that it's like, I'm setting their soul free and I'm setting myself, my soul, myself free. And then it's like the universe goes to work on my behalf to heal or, or arrange anything. And it's not that I have to have this, like, you're driving me nuts and I'm going to cut the cord with you. You know, like I don't have to have those types yeah. of conversations. It's this emotional attachment that I had to them that has been very helpful. And I have of course detached that like disconnect from that emotional attachment. That's the, that's the key that has been so helpful for me because then I can still have these people in my life, but I don't have that emotional mm -hmm. cord. That's like, and, and I think I have less of the emotional wound up with this person. It feels like for me, uh, being less attached to whether they align with what I see or are willing to play with what I see mm -hmm. has been good. Mm -hmm. And I know there's still more layers of lessons in here. <laughs> lessons. I said to another gal that I interviewed, I was like, do they ever stop? Like, oh my God. <laughs> and she's right. like, no, according to, and then she like has a device, like a, a, like a device or a metaphysical tool to like explain this. And I'm like, I don't know all the things, but oh my gosh, like any, like we don't, I don't have to have a, and an, I should also say, I don't, I, I don't mind lessons. And I ask for them to come in conversations and I don't, I think many people, including my husband, didn't even realize this. He's like, oh, you mean I didn't have to get into that motorcycle accident? I didn't have to experience <laughs> someone dying. I didn't have to like, yeah. I didn't have to experience all this bad stuff. And I was like, no, he's like, why don't you like, you don't ever do that. I was like, because that's not how I choose to live my lessons. We can spirit and I can have a conversation or you and I can have a conversation and we just exchange a few words. I learned my lesson. Here we go. There we <laughs> yep. One of my teachers talks about it as just saying, right. Saying to the universe, saying energetically or physically, I choose easy. Mm. Just like mm. you said, I choose. Yeah. Yeah. So I choose the easy way or whatever it is, mm -hmm. right. Including winning lessons. Mm -hmm. I like and on the that. one hand, if I, if there were no, and, uh, I, I play with paradox. Paradox seems so present true for me all the time. So on the one hand, if there were no more lessons, like if I were done to me, life seems like it would be boring. So of course I want to be endlessly evolving and there's always more and how to not set it up then that I have like a painful, challenging life because I'm giving myself <laughs> lessons all the time. Yeah. A little, little moments of ahas to, to, to continue this journey. <laughs> um, what has helped you to trust that divine guidance through thoughts, feelings, and emotions? What, what has helped you to trust that? Right. The first, the word that shows up as you ask the question are experiments, but I'm like, wait, is that my scientific brain thinking? <laughs> um, so I think that's how everyone really opens to trusting their intuition is that it's kind of a bit of trial and error of like, oh, am I listening? Am I not listening? Does this like, do I get anything? Do I get something from outside that like validates what I'm experiencing? And then how do I learn to notice the subtle and subtle and subtle cues of like, oh, this is intuition. Kind of like what you asked earlier, like, how do I notice the difference? Um, 
And I'm totally like blanking on exactly what your question is. No, just trusting it. So part of listening to divine guidance, there's five steps that spirit has given me and it's allow, ask, receive, trust, and act. Somewhere along those five steps, somebody isn't allowing or they aren't um, asking the questions, they're not receiving, they don't know how, how they receive, they aren't trusting or, and or acting. And one of the things that people have a lot of issues around is trusting. So I just wanted to have a conversation around how do you trust your own and what, what has helped you to build that right. trust muscle? Right. Oh gosh. Well, I, I, I do think it is experiments. It's, it's for me having something that I think is like an intuition or divine guidance and take a step with it and see what happens. Right. Again, take a step with it and see what happens. And so when one happens to like, do I notice anything related to that and around that? And okay, take another step. Another thing that I've done, and this, again, this is just divine guidance has totally worked out to set me up in a way that I get more and more of these opportunities. When I was first opening to my gifts, and uh, realizing that they were metaphysical gifts, intuitive gifts, after that colleague had elbowed me, as I went to an event and I was so scared and I fit in, I'm like, okay, I fit in, they like me, like, it's all right. And they needed a place to meet. I'm like, I have event space in my house, we can meet in my house and poof, I suddenly had this, you know, baby and growing metaphysical community that was meeting in my house. And because of who I am and my willingness and my openness, it grew and grew and there was such a need at the time. So for me, surrounding myself, with so many other people that are intuitive and in so many different ways, right? Open to divine guidance in so many different ways. And that's particularly what we were talking about at those beginning events. It helped me realize there are so many ways to be open. It allowed me to notice so many more ways that I might be getting information. And now still I run events that have lots of different practitioners. And a main thing that we do is we spontaneously answer questions from people in the audience. So I'm regularly getting experience being around lots of people that are open in different ways. And I get to tune what comes in for me with what shows up for them. And they talk about practicing in a different way, a different modality. And I'm endlessly refining and learning to listen to myself better and better, not just by experimenting with individual people as the guidance comes through, simply from being in the field with other people and having a chance to align and see what resonates. But isn't it cool that we, I have you ex had this experience where you may re be receiving in a whole different style different uh, modality and somebody else is receiving in a whole different way but you come up with like the same answer that has happened with my husband and I we both went to help his sister who wasn't feeling well my oldest was sleeping in the car and so I stayed down was taking care of her until she woke up my husband went up to my my sister-in-law's apartment he did his work of what spirit was telling him to do Amira, my daughter woke up. I brought her upstairs to the apartment and I said, okay, I need you to lay down. This is what spirit is telling me to do. Craig and I didn't talk. We did the exact same thing and we both do things differently, but we were instructed to do the exact same thing. And she didn't, she didn't say a word until I was done. And she's like, okay, is this some kind of joke? Because you both did the exact same thing. And we're like, whoa. And Craig, Craig had seen me come because I came in later and he's like, how did you know that that's what I did? I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not always being like, mm, let me tune in, do what everybody else is doing. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. Do you, have you had that when you're at your, your MeWe well, events and they're all coming up with like the same? Yeah, I, I definitely like it. Yeah. It's there'll be something that's someone asked a question, something's happening. And then definitely practitioners, right. 
related things that come together that we're, we're, we're accessing something similar from different pathways. I think in general too, that if we're tapping into the energy of the person, then it makes sense that whatever doorway we're wandering through, right? That we're tapping into the same thing and like the same kind of intuition and wisdom and is all here. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Where has, you have mentioned that um, the, the events um, and your business now, where else has your, by listening and tuning in, following that divine guidance, your intuition, where has where has it led you? Do you have any good stories? <laughs> oh, I know. Well, let's see. So, oh, I just something connected to my events, and oh, so say so two years and three months ago, four months ago, um, probably a little bit more, two and a half years ago, I had this prompting in me of because I've been running fairs in four cities in the Northwest, so I've been running lots of live fairs, in person fairs. I had this prompting in me: this should work online. This just should work online. And I kept having this energy coming through me and, you know, I kind of like slow it down, block a little like, oh, like what? So I'm like, okay, I just got to run something online. And I didn't quite know how it was going to work. I just like, I just got to do this. So I started running online metaphysical fairs way back in January of 2019, right? A year before the pandemic. So I had all this experience of running events online, like all these ways of getting it set up, experimenting with different things, sorting out how Zoom worked. And then poof, now all these people are online and I already had these events going. So Zoom changed a lot. I had to keep changing them during the year, mm-hmm. right? I had to take some events that I used to do in person and do them online. So I had some learnings in that too. And, mm-hmm. and I totally set up. So that's an example of where the message was coming through so loud. And yeah. Yes, I, I love that. It was beginning, end of 2017, beginning of 2018, we moved from Florida to Iowa and it's like, everything needs to be online. And I'm like, I'm, I'm usually seeing people in person and taking like their checks. <laughs> like I, I don't even know where to begin. And spirit's like connect with this woman. She's doing it all. So a friend of mine, I hired her as the coach. She, she helped me set everything up. I mean, even when I would meet somebody in person, I would still do everything via Zoom. I'd take all, all virtual online payments and everything. Everything was was online. And so when the pandemic happened, just like what you said, I was already doing it all. And what's nice is now Zoom is just a thing. Like it's, it's just the yeah. thing to do. And I had been doing virtual coffees and get to know you sessions before because I, well, so this was part of me protecting my own energy was, I didn't, when I would go to have coffee with somebody, they'd be like, let's have a free coaching session and intuitive reading. And I was like, I don't know what to do with this. But when I'm, when I'm virtual, then I can be like, I have 30 minutes, click goodbye. (laughs) So it was my way of protecting my, my energy and still not knowing how to stand up for myself and all those silly things that I I had to learn. Um, so anyways, uh, I, I love your story. I love that yeah. so much because that's, that's what spirit had led me to. Well, well. And I happened to find Zoom specifically years ago. I don't know yeah. when Zoom started, but it, it was, I'd still been in Colorado for a number of years. So at least it seems like 10 years ago, because I would occasionally have to meet with people online and Skype really did not have very good visual quality and I needed to see people's eyes. So oh, yeah. somewhere way back there, Zoom became my favorite. And so I've been using it for a really long time. That is awesome. I I love all of its capabilities. So not that we're promoting Zoom. This is a non-paid. 
<laughs> commercial for Zoom. <laughs> well, I, I deeply them. appreciate too how they've been evolving and they've been bringing in all these different capacities. In some ways, it's really irritating because like they're updating every two weeks, but they brought in all these things that make it really possible to do a lot of things online that we couldn't do before. Same. Great. Square, I, I've used since I started my business, Square Up, the Square processing payments mm-hmm. and stuff. And when I switched from PayPal to Square, I sent Square a message and I was like, I really need these things to be happening because I want to be using you. And this is, the, but these are the things that, that, that I need. And the woman responded back with, I think we'll be working on that. I know that we're changing things over. And they have, they like with, yeah. and I love that with struggles and the change that were forced upon us in 2020, new and inventive things have come up for us to do things that are uh, meaningful and purposeful and fulfilling, um, saving us time, making it more effective and efficient for everybody. Yeah. I love the way we're networked so much more all around the world that we wouldn't know, have been like you, it's you're, its own you service in, in some ways. Are you I am. Seattle? I'm outside Seattle. Yeah. yeah. I say I live in a log cabin way up in the foothills. Like it's the internet's not that fast, but it's fast enough. We can do this. That is, I didn't realize why well, I, I saw the wood behind you, but I was like, I didn't know if you were in the, that is, I, I'm in um, a hand-built log cabin. It's just like, I mean, they're all hand-built, but yeah, totally exciting. Yeah. The person that owned the land before I built this cabin. Yeah. <sighs> is it absolutely beautiful? I think it's totally beautiful. It's very quirky and beautiful. Yeah. I, if you ever want to send me pictures, I'm totally game. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. We, yeah. we, we live um, in South Carolina and I'm always looking up in the, the foothills into the mountains and that, that, that area um, for various homes. Like, it oh. snowed the other day. So I know this is kind of silly, but here you go. Here's my little cabin. Oh my god. With gosh. snow. That is It's totally so, cute. It's so cute. It's so like, um... It uh like a little enchanted enchanted castle like a cottage in the like like Hansel and Gretel type of thing you know and so a a vision that I had again like listening to guidance so a vision that I had back in yeah let's say 2007 ish so this is in the beginning of when I was starting to learn um, just starting to learn the eye readings work from a teacher that learned it from other people um I had this this um like visualization of me being sitting at the top of like a tree trunk, right? This really wide kind of big tree trunk. And I had been to the Muir Woods in California yet. And when I went there, I'm like, oh, it's like the place. But um, so it's big tree trunk and that I'm sitting there in the tree trunk and that people come to me to ask me questions. And I wasn't a coach at that point. I didn't know any of these things. And so that's how I feel like I'm so much now. It's like sitting in a tree trunk. I'm in a log cabin, but all around the trees and people come online, but they come and ask me questions. That is so amazing. I love it. Oh, I've had this vision of people like the space that we end up buying and the land and the home. There is a, an apartment or a, a living space, either like on the property or like the basement part of the home that people come to retreat and to connect yeah. with divine. And it's like their own, they, they, they pay to, to come and to be part of the energy that we've created. And I, I always check in with, with, with ego and, and be like, all right, is this you trying to be like, oh, you've got such amazing energy. People want to pay to be around you. And spirit's like, no, just go with it, please. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, any final advice uh, that you would like to give those who to, are tuning in 
and how they could have more floating on a cloud connecting with divine guidance moments. Hmm. Well, maybe the thing that occurs to me right now is for everyone to um, is it, surround yourself with people, with community of others that are open and opening. Hmm. Like for me, that's the fastest way to, to open oneself is to be in that space where one's able to relax and allow this to come through. And then also the experiencing all the different people's perspectives and being around other people that are willing for us to experiment and not be right. And, you know, they, they so are open and curious to whatever's coming through us and we're all playing and journeying on this together. That is so important and so beautiful. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. How do we connect with you? Is the best way through your website? Yeah, probably my website. It has all of, all of my other websites and my events and my contact info. Yeah, so it's lorelishamayo.com. So that's L-A-U-R-E-L-I-S-H-I-M-A-Y-O.com. Okay, awesome. We will link that in the description of this podcast so that people can find you as well. So thank you for your time, your energy, this conversation and sharing. I, I had so much fun. Thank you. Great. You're welcome. I had a great time too. All right, we'll talk soon. Great. Thank you for tuning into this episode. For more information about the guest and how to listen to your divine guidance, please click on the episode description. So much love to you. See you soon. Mm-hmm.